The end of our calendar year is still a couple of months away. As far as the liturgical calendar goes, well, we just got a few weeks left. Terry Ross is joining me this morning to give us a preview of his episode for the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, the month of November, dedicated to the great Palestrina. Terry is joining us today to tell us a little bit more about it and what he's got in store for this week's episode. Good morning, Terry. Thanks so much for being with us today. Well, good morning to you, Brenda. So, Terry, long before we ever began our discussions and talking about the composers that, that you feature on your show, I have heard of Palestrina before. He's very, very well known. Can I tell our listeners about this composer? Palestrina, who lived during during most of the well, the, the, the last three quarters of the 16th century, is by far uh, the best known composer of the Renaissance. Um, one of those reasons is that he wrote a lot of music, and and, and we we still have it. It got left behind. It was published, uh, and so we have uh, something like a hundred masses that he wrote, as well as any number of motets and other things, hymns and things like that. So he's one of the most prolific composers, but he's also uh, a composer whose gift was unique. He had a pure style. Uh, Very few other composers came anywhere near. Victoria is one, the Spanish composer, but not too many others. Uh, And that style was imitated by composers of much later times, a great deal more than other composers of the Renaissance. For example, uh, Bach imitated uh, Palestrina's style uh, in his B minor Mass. The Curie is very much written in the what they call the old style. Palestrina could have written that Curie, maybe. There's a few little things that are different, but uh, and Bach, of course, is many years after Palestrina. And the same applies to other composers of the 20th century and, and the 19th. 19th and 20th centuries, who were very influenced by Palestrina. And where was Palestrina from? He was from Italy. Okay. In fact, he was from a town called Palestrina. Oh. That's why, his family must have founded the city, uh, hence well, I don't the know. I don't similar know name. Family, uh, he was named after the city. I don't think his family... Oh, named after yeah. the city. I see how that goes. And Terry, you used the term that his music was very clear. Yes. So when talking about clear music, especially well, classical music like this, it all sounds very clear to me because the music are very pure in the words. So what, in your opinion, is striking to you that you would use the term clear in well, talking in, about Palestrina? In writing polyphonic music, you can get very complicated. And sometimes if you listen to Bach's uh pieces for solo cello, for example, you'll hear some some rather difficult to understand polyphony. Uh, the same applies in some of other in some of Bach's keyboard works. Um, Palestrina, however, the the lines are all easy to follow, um, although they all go together really well. That's the amazing thing. You can understand the words of Palestrina very well. Now at one point uh, there's a story that the the papal censors wanted all the masses uh, to be so the, to be sung so that all the words could be understood mm-hmm. by people listening, and so they were sort of 
taking aim at people who are imitating Palestrina by writing very complicated music. Um, Palestrina responded to that with a with the with a famous Misa Papai Marcelli, the Pope Marcellus Mass, which is written in his regular style, but you can understand everything. Wow! Uh, because of because the clarity of his writing and the the way he puts the words and music together are just uh, one of a kind. Well, I'm looking forward to this episode. I am going to definitely be listening for the clarity in his writing and see if I can recognize it in this week's episode. Terry Ross is joining me today because we're getting a preview of his great show, The Glory of the Mass. We are already on the 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time. That means one more Ordinary Time Sunday. Then it is the Feast of Christ, the King of the Universe. And that rounds out this liturgical year. So, Terry, in previous shows that you and I have had an opportunity to talk, you had mentioned about how many different composers, while many wrote the Ave Maria, that beautiful song, there were also quite a few that wrote music for the Our Father, that beautiful prayer that Christ gives us himself. And we're going to preview a piece of one of those by Arkadelt. I like saying that name. I'm not sure why. Tell us a little bit about this composer. Well, Jacques Arkadelt was a, a composer of the, um, I guess you could call it, of a, a, a Flanders, a Franco-Flemish composer. Probably lived somewhere between what we now call the Netherlands and Belgium. Um, and he was known during his lifetime as a guy who composed secular vocal works. But he did compose some beautiful a sacred music, including this Our Father, the Pater Noster. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this very much. And this, the, one of the other things about this this whole program is that there are 14 different musical pieces in it, which is not terribly unusual. Usually we run about a dozen to 14. Uh-huh. Uh, but there are eight different ensembles performing those 14 pieces. Wow. Uh, and if you if you don't count the ones that are the mass ordinary, of which we have six separate pieces, all performed by the same ensemble. There's quite a few different uh, people performing here. This is the Cœur de Chambre uh, de Namur are performing this piece by Mr. Arkadelt. Did Arkadelt come before or after Palestrina? Before. Before Palestrina. Well, not really. He came at the same time as Palestrina. At the same time. Yeah. Uh, it were were composers of that time, were they familiar very much with each other? Did they go, maybe if distance allowed it, would they go perhaps and hear other composers that were writing music for great cathedrals and things like that and, you know, maybe listen a little bit to what was becoming popular in their day and age? They could do that uh, in Arkadel's age and Salisrina's time in the 16th century. For example, when Palestrina died in the 1590s, um, Victoria, the Spanish composer, made one of his very rare trips outside of Spain to go to fu Palestrina's funeral. Wow. But you could also, these people could be com uh, familiar with each other's work because the music was printed at that time. Sure. Because the music printed, pr printing music started in the 15th century. And by the 16th century, Palestrina's music was all over all Europe. All over. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's get to this piece here, this Pater Norster by Arkadelt. Oh. 
I could just imagine myself sitting in a quiet room, perhaps a candle lit, uh, and just reflecting on scripture. That is a beautiful, that's really an incredible piece. So tell us again a little bit about the Our Father and why so many did write music for the Our Father. Well, it's a, it's also an essential piece of every Mass. Mm-hmm. It occurs in every Mass, uh, the canon Romanus it happens toward the end of the Mass, around the time of the Agnus Dei and that sort of thing. Uh, and sometimes the whole congregation says it or sings it, um, and sometimes just the priest says it. Says it, sure. Si- silently sometimes. He doesn't even say it out loud. He says it to himself. Huh. Uh, I've, I've, I sing in a church choir, and I've seen every aspect of that. I've sung the Our Father uh, many times in Latin. I've said it in English. And I've listened to it being said and listened, imagined it being said. Uh, and the choir or the congregation comes in at the very end and says, and lead us not into temptation, okay, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, etc." That's the end of the Our Father. Interesting. Yeah. Well, see, now I learned something every single week when we get a chance to talk. Terry, I appreciate that so very much. I appreciate you coming on the show today and giving us a preview of this week's episode. Thank you so much. Thank you, Barna. See you later. And again, you'll be able to catch this episode Saturdays at 4, Sundays at 2 o'clock. You can also find the full playlist of The Glory of the Mass, episode 219 at materdayradio.com.